This episode of the Music Stuff Show is brought to you by Dupe Loops, your weekly curated drum loop library. If you're writing music, building tracks, or programming beats, dupeloops.com is the place to start. They deliver 10 new drum loops directly to your inbox every Monday, so you can spend less time searching for the right sounds and more time making music. Each loop is always available in stereo and multi-track formats, always fresh, and they are never recycled. And for a limited time, they are offering a 7-day free trial period with every plan. So visit dupeloops.com, that's D-U-P-E-L-O-O-P-S.com, and start your free trial today to receive 10 new multi-track drum loops per week, every week. On this episode of the Music Stuff Show, we discuss our time spent at Summer NAM here in Nashville, Tennessee. We share some of what we learned while there, and we examine some of the possible futures of the music business and where music creation is headed. Please enjoy this episode of the Music Stuff Show, the NAM episode. Welcome to the Music Stuff Show, where we break down the business of music to help you build a career doing what you love. I'm Tom, and Vance is here too. Hello! <laughs> God. I'll do my little intro looking, making sure we're recording, looking at the computer, and then I look to my left, and Vance is just cheesing at me, waiting to say hello every time, man. It's my thing. It gets me every time. I now. I now regret that there was a, a time in this show when, when hello was not said. I mean, it was like two episodes. I think it, <laughs> you know, I think it had to happen. We needed to understand. Sometimes you got to learn what yeah, you miss, man. Exactly. You can't know the good without the bad. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Exactly. <laughs> but now, may it never leave us again. Oh, man. So what's up? Just got back from NAM. 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 The National Association of Magical Mysteries. Yes. That, that is that exactly man. what I want to be at. <laughs> and if that exists, I would love to attend whoever is responsible that for that. That does sound awesome. That sounds so rad. <laughs> oh. Probably a lot of people with garlic and onion breath. We'll get to NAM in a minute. I want to get my fact out. Oh, man. Before we go down the NAM rabbit hole. Because honestly, this is kind of fun, and I didn't know this existed. <laughs> Did you know there is an opera house on the U.S.-Canada border where the stage is in one country and half of the audience is in the other? No way. Right? Interesting. Sounds fun. Where? Do, where's the front door? Like, where? what country do you have to be in to go to it, you know? Mm, well, I think you can go in both. I would imagine... Like a passport agent at each entrance? My guess, and I, this is literally one sentence that I found on the internet and I didn't go look up what the actual <laughs> place was. Uh, I guess I could do that. But if I had to guess, I would assume that it is probably like at an angle mm-hmm. where the stage ends at the border. Right. And to where a section of it fans out into the other country that probably has a dividing wall mm. that, or a, a gap that you're not supposed to cross over that I would assume theater attendants don't let you go through see i just figured it would be like you walk in uh from a street in canada and there are no exits to the u.s side or something probably also true because if if you could go in either way i'm just envisioning like james bond style espionage and briefcase passing in the audience of a play in this theater you know what i mean Hmm. it's like yeah just go to the theater tonight and we'll get the goods across the border 
they've got to have something in place. Yeah. Which if the, if if you do have exits, Deer Theater into both sides, uh, then I'm sorry if I just ruined any sort of trade that's been going on. That <laughs> <laughs> your doors. Sorry, criminals. The Haskell Free Library and Opera House. Huh. Built in 1905. 2005? 1905. Oh, 1905. Sorry. That's on me. I was like halfway reading. October 19th, 2005? Huh. There is no entrance from Canada. Ah, there we Mm, go. Okay, that's what it is. There is an emergency exit on the Canadian side of the building, though. Pull that fire alarm and take them drugs north. All patrons and visitors must use the U.S. entrance to access the building. Patrons from Canada are permitted to enter the U.S. door without needing to report customs, providing they return to Canada immediately upon leaving the building. Fascinating. Oh, I see. A thin black line runs beneath the seats in the opera house to show you. So that you're aware. That's still fun, though. I think it's cool. Fascinating. It's still fun, though. Yeah. I'd go. Guys, it was a fact that was real today. Yeah. What y'all know about that? There's nothing about, I don't even remember what some of the other ones are. Nothing weird. Just a normal, normal fact. To be fair, I had a weird one on deck. Yeah. I didn't use it. I thought it was a little too close on the, on the weirdness. So. Do you want to know anyway? Yeah, I think I want to know. Okay. I want to pull this back up so that I don't lie to you. Okay. Uh, And I just want to be clear. I... I didn't make this. I'm just reading stuff off the internet. You all have <laughs> calm the internet down. Everybody, well. calm down. But also, fact two. Oh lord! Did you know that the? Let me say this right. It's in German. Katzenklavier was a musical instrument made out of cats. Made out of cats. Designed by 17th century German scholar. Uh. Athanasius Kircher? I know I'm butchering this. I'm sorry. No, that sounds right. It, cons- <laughs> it consisted of a row of cage cats with different voice pitches who could be quote unquote played by a keyboardist they were driving alive? nails into their tail. Oh my God. <laughs> That's so wrong. Dude, that is brutal. 1600s were different times, guys. Different times. Yeah, people were not woke back then. <laughs> Just want to clearly state <laughs> we do not support the use or playing of the cats and clavier. God, what a thing. We I'm just have to look that up now. We're just reporting history. Yeah, just saying things that used to happen. Uh, so, what are we talking about today? We're talking about NAM. NAM! <laughs> Which is, I, man, I was there for a week. I hope I don't butcher this up. North American Music Manufacturers, I believe, is what, is it, actually what it is stands for. Okay. It is a, a retailer's uh, gathering yep. of buyers and sellers of musical instruments and related paraphernalia, <laughs> i.e. The, like uh, companies like Fender and Gibson that sell guitars yeah. in the shops that also sell them. So hmm. if you're a mom and pop shop in Kansas that sells music instruments, this is the conference you go to to connect with those people and find the things to sell in your store. There we go. More or less. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I feel like most people who listen to this probably have heard of Nam before. It's true. It's kind of a big hang fest. Go play with some gear, talk to some people. Yep. You know. 
Um, it's also like a good, it's a good way to, I mean, it's a trade show. So it's a good way to see like, what's the newest thing? What are the trends? What are people working on? What are they talking about? Like, yes, we're sort of the general mindset of the, of the business in many ways. Uh, and about, you know, what are people thinking about where things are headed and yeah, like, um, like, uh, one of the things we were, one of the things we were talking about before we rolled was, uh, a panel on uh, AI and music, yep, and like how that is a conversation that's you know being had right now. I mean, I guess people are talking about AI in every facet of life right now, so it's no but huge how surprise that, how that applies to music and yeah, the robots aren't taking your jobs, people. They took our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Robots aren't taking your jobs. Uh, Please don't freak out like yeah. the kid that was in the session. Oh, man. What a great story. I'm not going to go off and tell the entire thing, but short version of the story is I, in real life, felt like I was living in a movie when a kid <laughs> was losing his mind in our session verbally towards the panel about oh, how he thought that AI was going to be the downfall of the music industry. Oh. It was crazy. It was yeah. lit. I, people automatically, I should, this is such, that is such a, a sweeping generalization. I'm not going to say that. I I feel as though, oftentimes, people think of AI as the T1000 and Terminator, Skynet, Skynet. right? <laughs> like anytime you say artificial intelligence, they think, oh, killer robots, we're screwed, uh, or just humanoid robots, even uh, like iRobot style thing, mm-hmm. but. Like we already have implemented so much artificial intelligence. You're already in, using it. Yeah, in today's world, it's like <clears throat> it's a victim of poor branding. It is. Yeah, it is. But it's not to say some of those uh, concerns aren't founded, like in in some sort of reality, because they are. I mean, if you if you don't do it correctly and you build a self replicating, self learning, self growing machine, and you optimize it for human happiness it might find that the optimal path to that is to dope everybody up on opioids so that we're all chill all the time you know what i mean it could it can go sideways if you don't do it right so i think some of those concerns are valid but what's going on at the old google A's right now yeah they uh i was listening to a conspiracy podcast the other day oh, i love it it was great give me some conspiracies to be fair this one was less like uh, selling the idea of things that we're going off the deep in and more like addressing mm-hmm. concerns of different things, which I appreciated. Yeah. Uh, but I guess that actually is a a factual concern that happens on a relatively regular basis at Google where employees yeah. will sign petitions to not do things out of uh, fear of where they could go being mm. too far, yeah. uh, especially, I guess, and I don't know a lot about this to be clear, but from what I gathered, uh, some particular military contracts that uh, Google yeah, is working with the military on and yep. just kind of the the precedent behind that and yeah. how, like, what the limitations of that are and the concerns of the mm-hmm. engineers that work for Google and what not was wanting... It? Was it surveillance or... Yeah, like it is. Deep lear- uh, no, it was like deep learning attached to surveillance or something like yes, that is what it was. Yes, that's exactly what it was talking yeah. about. Yeah, like they the cameras now that can actually track like a person down to like the millimeter and analyze like a gigantic photograph 
of a satellite overhead image can be zoomed in to the point where you can actually like see almost a person's face now and see them look at the sky and wave and like then they can track that person and based on the tracking of that person going in and out of buildings and heat signatures and crazy things like that they can formulate patterns of behavior for specific people mm-hmm. and like yeah all the people at Google are like we're not cool with this yeah so the problem like the argument, I guess, is how uh, they had a very specific way that they worded it that mm-hmm. I'm not going to get correct. But essentially, like, the issue is, will this be used to kill somebody? Whereas, right. is or it even, using, like, could it? Is it using machine learning to help an analyst? Right. Where, like, that is, quote, unquote, the, what the technology is being built for, where it's like, there is a human person that is having to go through thousands of photos as right. their job to try and detect right. patterns. And so the argument is like, oh, it's to help them be more efficient to where they can do the work of more people by, right. uh, you know, eliminating some of that effort. But then the concern of the engineers is like, cool, maybe it starts there. But if that right. technology then evolves to like, we can track this person and shoot them from a drone right? because an algorithm decided that they were a threat. Right. That is where... Like the, in and of itself, the simple data analysis is pretty benign. In mm-hmm. fact, it's helpful. It's very yes. helpful. But then what do you use the data for? Yes. And that's the that's the concern. Thankfully, I don't feel like music has those problems. <laughs> yeah, fortunately. Well, I don't know. I mean, depending on who you ask, who's been tortured by Britney Spears or Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> Hit me, baby, one more time. I read that. I read that they had. It, I had. I had heard the Britney Spears thing a lot, but I also read that they have used Red Hot Chili Peppers for music torture. Here's what's funny: like that would do nothing to me. I would happily sit there on repeat yeah. listening to OG Britney and well, not have a problem. You say that, but 72 hours straight of one song might get old. I would get old. <laughs> I think the difference is, I don't know, I love pop music. I'd be like yeah. somebody that is like, what do they call that stuff? Like gent metal or whatever? Yeah, gent that to me would be like I'd be like, who can I talk to? Yeah, I would love to. I have just... some information I'd love to share, so I can just get out of here, please. <laughs> like that's the stuff that yeah. would do me in. I don't know what it would be for me. I'm not gonna. I won't dog anybody on our little podcast. Or here. like noodle jazz. Yeah, I did when I was in college. I uh, have to listen to Mambo Number no. Five on repeat for a long time, which was mm-hmm. really funny. So I guess I have some experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, Tom saying he was waterboarded. <laughs> yeah, I was waterboarded in college to Mambo Number no. Five. This escalated. It so was quickly. brutal. <laughs> so AI and music, huh? <laughs> AI and music. Anywho, um, yeah, I, dude, I think I'm honestly kind of glad we went on that tangent because the uh, data analysis portion of the uh, satellite imaging and Google and all that, I think, is a, a direct uh, has a direct correla- correlation to what the what AI would look like or will look like as it pertains to music creation. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say, um, it, like, let's say I'm, I'm just producing a track. I'm not going to mix it, but I'm producing it and I'm, I'm playing everything myself. I'm building a whole instrument, instrumental track for somebody. Like, wouldn't it be nice rather than having to go and like populate my presets Every time for a specific thing, um, 
you couple AI with voice recognition to just be able to be like, hey, you know, call it Siri or at this point, like um, on all the guitar tracks, uh, give them like a Bruce Springsteen sound. Mm-hmm. And then it just does it rather than you having to go in and adjust EQs and compressors and or if you're using amp modeling, having to switch all that. Just be like, hey, you know what I'm talking about because mm-hmm. you have access to all that information, scan your little database and do it. And then I can be like, hey, give me the, the Lars Ulrich drum sound on mm-hmm. on this kit right now. And, yeah. and and it would be able to just do it like that. That kind of thing would be super, super helpful in terms of time saved. It'd be really cool. And I think that's kind of where the argument comes down, where I'm all for all this stuff. I Mm -hmm. think it's great. Uh, Spoiler alert, my uh, overall analysis of uh, Nam and just the future in general is that music is no longer hard in terms of the ability to create. The tools are there, man. Uh, But I I think with that, that that's where... there's a group in the musical community that feels like they had to fight to get there, which I am not mm, yeah. in that group personally. To me, I think all you know, most of the sounds have been found. There was actually another panel of talking about some crazy stuff about sounds we've never heard before that are mm-hmm. going to be coming down the pipeline, but that's a whole other thing. Sounds we've never heard. Yeah. Uh, like new instruments that no one's created kind of y- thing? Yeah, they were talking about also with like... Like dubstep? <laughs> Well, like the hybrid of instruments in a way through AI that isn't like layering. It's uh, machines being able to learn. And uh, so like if you had a guitar sound Mm -hmm. and like, you know, some other, I don't know, like weird sample sound, instead of like now where you layer one of those on top of the other, how AI can analyze each of those sounds and find a hybrid mm-hmm. and like there wasn't a, a sample for us to hear but the guy that was on the panel that worked on a dev team was talking about yeah how it's stuff we've never heard before and it's going to continue to further just our ability to create different things yeah and to me i think that's where the shift is going and what's super cool is that you can either be like oh i didn't work hard enough so this isn't good i think that's dumb i think like it's making e- ways easier to communicate where mm-hmm. you don't have to spend your time being like, man, I don't have this amp, so I can't make this sound, but I feel like this is the sound I need in this song, so let me call my friend so I can borrow this specific amp to try and get this tone versus right. being able to be like, sweet, here's the part I hear in my head. Let me track this real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. I have this modeler that now that I've played the part, like I still created it. I still... yeah. yeah. Like, it's just making it easier to use tools to be like, oh, you know what? Like, I thought this kind of guitar tone would be cool, but, like, let me try this instead. Mm -hmm. And you were able to do it. Like, you didn't have to track 400 different times. And you're you're minimizing the sort of, like, clerical work. Yeah. The cleaning up stuff of, like, you're still the one picking the tones. You're still the one writing the parts. You're still the one recording the parts. Mm -hmm. It's just making it easier it's like, okay, let's say I wanted to get a heavy box from the top of my driveway to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Heavy as crap, I can't lift it. I could slide it by holding onto the sides and pulling it to the bottom of the driveway, or I could put it on a dolly. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I still moved that big box. Mm-hmm. I just used a tool that made it easier for me. Yep. Right? It's the same thing. Yeah, and I think with change and new stuff, there's always oh, a yeah. weird thing that people... 
because they've become so used to doing something one way and now they feel like they're cheating. Yeah. But that well, is the human nature defies that man. Like when they yeah. came out with pen and paper, people were like, kids are never going to understand how to clean their slate correctly anymore. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when books came out, people were freaking out. Cause they, what do they call it? It was like, uh, it was like the reading bug or stuff. There was a word for it, but they called it like people were addicted to reading. They were like, kids are never going to get anything done because all they do is read. Man. Same thing when TV came out. Like, people are just resistant to change, man. They are. It, uh, but yeah. Seems super cool. Yeah. It, uh, I want to talk about the, you mentioning it being hard too, or it's not hard anymore. Oh. Like the music's not hard anymore. I want to touch back on that for Oh, a yeah, for sure. Like, I, and again, like, people come up with these dumb arguments. So I feel like I have to get out in front of them before they even come up. Like, mm. You still have to know how to like create music, like right. But I think it's cool because there's so many tools now to help make that accessible. Yeah, walking through Nam, all sorts of companies. Like if you want to learn an instrument, interactive apps, application, or those are the same thing. But like, <laughs> you know, it. different ways to learn. Like, yeah, you know, there's Fender has Fender Play, which is essentially like a guitar teacher on your iPad. You've mm-hmm. got there was some other company that I don't remember their name, but a piano yeah. uh, teaching app that's super interactive, and you can either do it on your iPad or mm-hmm. you can play a real piano while it teaches you. And it like mm-hmm. anything you could want to learn from like classical Mozart kind of stuff to yeah. pop tunes and anything in between. Yeah. There was some other company that are these guitars specifically for children that are mm-hmm. uh, short scale, super small. They only have like three strings. Yeah. Uh, so it makes it way more accessible for a five-year-old. Yeah. It, they want to like pick up a guitar and play with it. And then that has their own kids app that helps mm-hmm. teach them how to play a guitar or a little ukulele or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and like all these tools to make it easy to learn is now making it accessible. Uh, what else did we talk about? We talked about, <clears throat> uh, oh shoot, what's the name of that company? I loved them. Uh, band lab mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. hung out with uh some of the crew from their team for a little bit which is awesome a yeah. completely free cloud-based uh social media slash daw to yeah. where i can go on from my laptop anywhere so long as i'm connected to the internet yep. and for free create music yep i can then like there's loop libraries and samples and all sorts of crap that I can pull that's mm-hmm. all open source and free from them. Mm-hmm. If I want to do that, if I've got an interface and want to plug in my guitar, mm-hmm. I can play directly to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, then I can post it essentially on their version of a wall uh, to be able to see what other people are creating. If I want to, I can uh, leave it open to where Tom could come in, click a button that he wants to work on that too. It'll make Tom a copy of the track to where he can come in, make his own version, mix, add new parts. nuts, man. It'll show you the trajectory that that track went. So if it started with me, Mm -hmm. uh, and I also, we talked to, you know, them about coming on the show down the road, maybe later in season two, uh, so that they can tell you all the super dope things about it. But we thought we could do something really cool where like, Tom and I start a track and then we can put it out there and you guys can take it and run with it. But then yeah. we can actually see the path of where it went 
and see who all worked on it. And then if Jane Doe from wherever worked on it, but then one of her friends saw her version and they took her version and like it goes down the rabbit hole of just mm-hmm. this incredibly cool, creative, collaborative thing that music yeah. should be. Like just facilitates the global network of creators even further. And we've been trying to say it forever, but like, you know, get on the horse, man. Like music is about creating constantly. Like yeah. the days of I made one record every two years, like that's not that the is thing done. Anymore. Like yeah. That's not the thing. It's over. It the, get over yourself, and there's all these tools that can help facilitate that. Mm-hmm. They, um, oh, and the other thing, like, gear doesn't matter, and I feel like that's probably the one you wanted me to hit, <laughs> <laughs> and Actually, not and not from the sense of like, we've said that gear doesn't matter before, yeah. and I stand by that, but now even further past that, gear really doesn't matter because yeah. we are truly hitting a point where everything sounds good. Like, I tried yeah, a lot of different things, and we're at a point now, like, it's on you. Like, things yeah. sound good. and The if modeling you, is there, like, the, the processing power. It's insane. Things sound good. You don't have to have the original, real, analog thing anymore. No, and, like, I don't think that's a bad thing. But yeah. I, I think it, really, the moral of the story is, like, there's no longer a reason to get hung up about it. Mm-hmm. The tools work. Like, and pick the tools that are good for you. Like, that's cool. Like, but we are no longer, like, no one's lacking because they don't have the right tools. Right. There are too many options of, like, use what you have to create what you hear in your head. Right. And, yeah, there was a whole lot of that. Yeah. I, uh... Kind of the I wanted to hit a uh, a higher level point too on the it doesn't have to be hard thing. Um, I I did for the longest time subscribe to if it's worth doing, if the results are big and grand or the dream is big and grand, then it's going to have to be really hard. Mm. It has to be right, uh, and I don't think that's something that happens just in music. It's just a sort of uh, mindset that people possess about trying to succeed in general. But it being difficult or not difficult really is all about your perception of it. Because, yes, it it can be very difficult, but if your perception of it is that the grind is fun and the grind is worth it and the grind is kind of what it's all about, then it doesn't feel hard. It feels fun. It feels energizing and invigorating. And so, like, you don't... I have changed my tune on that because I realized that I don't have to like make myself feel run down and guilty and like overworked so that I can feel like I'm getting something done or feel like I'm succeeding in my career. It can be fun and I can be pretty uh, happy go lucky about it and still get just as much accomplished. And it's, it only has to do with what's going on inside of my own head. And especially given all the tools that are available now, like all the modeling, the digital stuff, like you have access to what would have been $50,000 worth of gear before for less than two grand now. Mm-hmm. You just do. So it even even less so does it need to be hard. Yeah, well, and I think too, shifting what's hard. Yeah. Like maybe you, I, man, I don't even know if I think that's real. Like getting a song to a point that you're like, this is what I heard in my head. Mm-hmm. 
you know, or yeah. I can't, you know, I'm trying to tell this story and for whatever reason, I don't think this line is good enough. Like, yeah, maybe that's a thing, but right. to me, just like the arduous clerical things don't need to be hard. Right. The like, Oh, I can't get this sound I hear. And so I either need to buy something or I need to borrow something yeah. or like that part of being hard isn't real anymore. Yeah. You're, you're creating competition for yourself from yourself. If you subscribe to that mentality now, the only thing that should be hard is how you're pushing yourself to constantly be better, yeah. to tell a better story, mm -hmm. to write a better part for a song, to push yourself yeah. musically. That's the part that should be this journey. Yeah. That, I mean, and again, I think hard's not even the best word for it, but that should be the challenging journey of yeah. growth. Yeah. Not, yeah. this is hard because I can't get it to do what I want it to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, the uh, the absence of tools is not really an argument anymore. If you have, God, we've how many times have we talked about this? But if you have a phone in today's world, and odds are, if you're listening to this, you have a phone that is capable of downloading apps. Mm -hmm. Then you have everything you need to make whatever you want to make. Yep. Um. Yeah. So, and with AI, it's going to be even easier. Just wait, man. Give it, give it five years or so, and who knows what the landscape will look like. It's just it's moving faster and faster and faster. Stuff's getting crazy, man. Yeah. It, uh, and I know I've said it, but I'm going to say it again, just so that when people complain about it five years from now, I yeah. can reference back to this and say I told you so. Yep. The people that are going to win are the ones that use the tools they have and constant, like treat themselves like a network. Yep. Whether you're an artist, band, rapper, DJ, insert whatever form of musical artist you want to be, the people that use those tools to efficiently, I wrote a song and hit publish this week, yeah. I wrote a song and hit publish next week, and then they're like, oh man, I'm getting so fast and I write so many songs, I published two songs this week. Yep. I published five songs this week. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the artists that focus on that will win. Yeah. They are the ones that will build an audience around them. Yeah. They're the ones that are going to have the skills because they actually put in the time. Yeah. And if you are the person that's still hung up on like, no, no, that's cool, Vance, but I need this like $3,000 guitar because it doesn't sound right. Like, right. Live your life. I'm not your dad. But, but don't wrong. complain to me five <laughs> years from now when you are still sitting in the same spot and haven't moved any farther yep. because you were hung up on something that didn't matter. Yeah. I, I had an opportunity to put that sentiment into like real life conversational practice the other day it was after a show uh we had done and this guy who was a fellow drummer uh and i struck up a conversation and i was telling him he was like how you know how can i put myself out there more how can i get more work whatever and i was like telling him how video and social media is your friend and he was like yeah but the problem is i just don't have like that many good drum mics and i don't have like a good camera or anything and i was like bro Use what you have and make the best thing you can with it. Like, I don't care. I don't care if you don't have any drum mics. Use your phone. Record it through your phone and upload videos and make the best videos you can with what you have. And he was like, 
I could see it on his face. He's like, oh, my God. Like, I, I never thought that that was an option. Mm-hmm. It just didn't occur. Like, And it doesn't occur to a lot of people. It didn't occur to me for a long time. Like, oh, no, I got to get this. I got to get this. Like, I have bought some of the gear that I own. It was impulse buy because I thought that I had to have it to make the right thing. Yep. And I'm grateful to have it, and it has certainly helped me in my career, but I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, there are things that I want that would be nice to have, but they aren't preventing me from moving forward like that once did. I would argue that I'm trying to get rid of stuff. Same. To move to things that are more all-inclusive, to where yep. I own one thing that gets all of the job done. Yep. So that I don't have to waste time. Absolutely. Switching around with different things just to feel special because I have them. It's the truth, man. It's the truth. So. So. uh, Another aspect of NAM, aside from AI. Ooh, before we jump, can I throw one more thing? I forgot about this, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was only in one of the sessions. Uh, And this is going to be shallow because I don't... I honestly... (laughs) I say this because I actually want to bring in somebody to talk about this in season two that knows way more about it than either of us do. Yeah. But it was an eye-opening thought and I think something to just have on people's brains. Uh, Yeah. In one of the future Technology of Music panels, they they talked about blockchain Mm. and Bitcoin and just kind of the perceptions of that. Yeah. uh, And how... I know there's lots of people with lots of opinions and all sorts of stuff on Bitcoin and future of money, and that's all. They're smarter people. Go listen to them and not us. But (laughs) they were talking about how right now people only associate uh, the blockchain with money because that's what it's being used for. Yeah. But in reality, it is actually a system of tracking and cataloging uh, things. Just data. Data, essentially. And how in the future that can have awesome implications for music and things that are involved in music. Mm -hmm. For example, if, um, you know, you Gibson makes a guitar Mm -hmm. that they made in their factory that is a authentic serial number. They make that. And then somebody develops a cataloging software for musical instruments on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. Then they can take that, put that serial number in and it will show uh, Gibson created this move to and then sold it to either a shop or directly to a consumer off their website. Yeah. And let's say I buy that guitar. Mm-hmm. So now there is a document of this transaction that yeah. shows, oh, Vance owns this guitar. Well, then let's say like down the road, I want something new. I'm not playing that guitar anymore. Uh, my buddy really wants it. Mm-hmm. I want to sell it to him. So I, you know, sell it to him and we put this information into whatever this catalog is. Mm-hmm. It's still tracking the life of this guitar. Yeah. But where this gets cool is like, let's say you are touring in a band and unfortunately it happens where somebody yeah. breaks into your trailer and steals your guitar. And all of a sudden, if somebody's trying to sell that on Craigslist and you just want to, like, you're a decent person, you want to check where stuff's coming from. And you see this thing on Craigslist, you're like, oh, I've been looking for that. That looks great. Let me put in the serial number just to like check it out and make sure it's good. And yeah. all of a sudden, it's showing that it's being sold, but it was never sold to that person. Right. It like over time will help to eliminate theft. Yeah. Allows you to uh, keep authenticity. Mm-hmm. They argued that there would be a way uh, to use that for like 
copyright applications yeah in terms of i wrote this song on this day at this moment and sort of like tracking out how it goes Mm -hmm. and again like a lot of it is a little bit over my head, but I was yeah. super intrigued by the yeah. the things that it might be able to do for music in the future. That would be really cool, man. What peace of mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like the sort of underlying system is there, being able to track a serial number and all that, but it takes so much effort and legwork on the part of whoever's searching for it, whereas just like with AI, with blockchain, it will just automatically be, like, that's what the system will be. Mm-hmm. So it gets input and it stays there and it's available whenever you need it rather than having to maybe manually input it and then manually look for it or whatever. Like you might, it might be so much easier. Mm -hmm. That would be really cool. Yeah. And I mean, like how many sad stories have you seen where like you see your buddy on Facebook and he's like, if anybody sees this pop up on Craigslist, this got Mm -hmm. stolen at our show in XYZ city last night. I had a drum kit stolen one time. I'd love to find out where it is. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and I think if it got to a place where like all legit musicians were like, "Oh, like mm-hmm. yeah, we use Craigslist. It's a great tool, but we're nobody's gonna buy stolen gear." Like, yeah, just as a status quo, like our community is better than that. Yeah, I think if that's something that developed, that would just be super cool and mm-hmm. uh, great for everybody. Yeah, I agree. That'd be rad. Sorry, I just wanted to throw the blockchain <laughs> in there. All good. <laughs> Got to talk about blockchain. <laughs> Um, so, but another, another part of, of Nam, <coughs> excuse me, that, uh, we, we want to talk about is, uh, just, so this is going to be like sort of, uh, not literal, but literally at Nam, there's so much noise <laughs> all the time. Yeah. A thousand people playing guitar and drums all at once and whatnot. Um, and it is kind of overwhelming, but, uh, the, the, point that i want to make is that like even though there's a ton of noise there it still does not prevent new manufacturers from showing up and selling something Mm -hmm. it's like hey we made a guitar pedal too Mm -hmm. i know that there's a thousand people playing through all these guitar pedals right now but we have one too Mm -hmm. and the point is like there's always noise yeah it should never prevent you from hitting publish for sure yeah I just thought, I don't know. That's it's just the way my brain works. I, just in talking about that, I was just like, man, that, that's a physical representation of the idea that we talk about so much. Like, there's always going to be people making music. There's always going to be people putting stuff out. Like, just because other people are doesn't mean that you should not, too. There's I, room. There is. And, I, like, I can say this as a hater, like, and I can own it where I, uh, like I walk through and don't get me wrong, I, I don't think any of these are bad companies, but I, I walk through Nam and I'm like, do we really need one more company that right. does their version of a Telecaster Right. that I'm sure sounds great, I'm sure plays great, and it's not to bash them, but you can walk through and I feel like I just walked past 30 booths that essentially make almost the same guitar. Mm-hmm. But the reality is like, I'm just not the client, and that's right. okay. And there is somebody out there that wants what they're selling mm-hmm. specifically for the way that they do it. And yeah. music's the same thing, even more so in the fact that, like, there are some people that are going to feel that way. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to hear music and be like, I don't need another trap rapper. Right. I don't need another country singer. 
I don't need another pop rock band. But that's fine because they're not your audience. There yeah. is somebody that is out there that's looking for what you do because that person's like, I need more of this. Right. This is exactly what I was looking yeah. for. What we, was it last episode that we talked about even if 99% of the world finds you unattractive? It's like 700,000 or something. Yeah, something. yeah. It's like... Let me, let me Calculators. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do the calculator. But it's the same thing. Like the odds still are in your favor. Yep. We're both doing math right now to see who gets to it first. 7.5 million people still think that you're hot. Yep. Like... So one percent, right? There's always room in the market for somebody to do something that is different and good, or just better than what everybody else has been doing. There's always room in the market, mm-hmm. always. That's what fuels growth and innovation. So, don't be afraid of the noise. Continue to hit publish. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I, I could sit and talk about. AI and blockchain for hours. I'm really <laughs> excited about I'm really excited about the prospect of like voice and using that f- to make music. I, I think that uh like I was watching some Instagram clip the other day and these guys, I think they were doing a podcast, uh, were talking about how they think that interfaces are gonna be, you know, touch screen or like three D hologram or whatever and mm-hmm. you can like tap and whatever and like I understand where they're coming from with that. I disagree mm. because, all right, so if I'm sitting at a keyboard, my elbows stay on the chair, it's the least amount of effort for me physically to do the most stuff to create. Mm. Same with like the Slate Raven thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's touchscreen, but it's in a way that is very accessible and it's right there. If you put something that's at head height and it's haptic or whatever, that's me lifting my arms every time I want to make an adjustment. Nobody's going to go for that because it's going to be exhausting. Like if you're making thousands of edits in one day and you have to keep your elbows lifted off the Mm. chair, just like hold your elbows off of the chair you're sitting in for five minutes straight. Your arms will get tired. Like nobody, people are just not going to go for that. I think the future is voice. I just like maybe not for everything, but I think as far as like making adjustments and stuff are concerned, Mm -hmm. like I think there's going to there's going to be a huge opportunity for voice to be a very effective tool to just like if you're sitting and listening to a mix and <clears throat> and you go right, I'm going to hit stop uh take 3 dB of 2k out of the lead vocal track whatever mm-hmm. you know what i mean like all right cool hit play again and it's just like it's a time saver yeah it just makes things easier i think the more efficiently you can work as fast as you think yeah the That's more progress is. is going to be made. Work's got to catch up to how your brain is working. Yeah, and I, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, then in that moment, it allows you to go back and forth where you're like, like you were saying earlier, hey, make that guitar a little bit more Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Let's hear that back. All right, can we split the difference on that? Like, halfway between where you were. Cool. And like, yeah, it's allowing you to direct. Well, it's almost like when you, if you're talking to your monitor engineer on stage, and you're like, "Can you give me a little bit of mm. more of this, this in my ears or my wedge or whatever?" And can you carve this and this, that, and the other? Like, it does not replace the need for you to get educated in your craft. 
Because yeah. you have no idea what to ask for if you don't know what it is. Yep. Like you can't say carve out 2K if you don't know what that means. Yep. But assuming that you take the time to learn your craft, it just makes it easier. It just you're you have a virtual assistant in your device just as you have a monitor engineer on stage at a show. Mm-hmm. Like how how big of a pain would it be if you were on stage and needed a mix adjustment and the only way you could get it is to walk to the side of the stage, <laughs> back around the the console, find your mix, find your channel, and then make your adjustment. What a pain would that be? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's what we're doing right now in the box, sort of. Mm-hmm. But you add voice to the equation, and it removes all of that time spending spent digitally, quote, walking around your session yep. to find what you want and then make the change. All you have to do is ask for it. Yep. And as the software gets better, it will intuitively know what adjustments to make. Yeah. Like, sort of like how uh, Lander, the mastering website, doesn't it get better with every song that is, is mastered constantly through learning. Right. It's an algorithm that learns. And and your DAW will be the same way. I think that's the other thing, too, where, like, that's how it's doing. It's, it's big data. And yeah. I think people get scared of that because of the whole Terminator thing. And I'm not yeah. saying it's not something to objectively keep you know, a uh, a conscience on to make sure people aren't creating technologies that can then uh, hurt people in turn. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that you're doing, these tools, they're really just learning like, man, thousands of people put these settings on this thing. Mm-hmm. This is probably more common. Let's probably start the way here. To do it. Yeah. Okay, that was a good point. You still want to shift that? That's fine. Then right. okay, like let's go deeper into the subsect. Like, it does not eliminate customization, and it doesn't eliminate uh, talent rising to the top mm-hmm. at all. It simply makes the emergence of talent more efficient. Absolutely, that's it. Like it's this like this is no different than countless other innovations that have happened in the past. Um, illustrations right Steve like Steve Jobs said my you know our job at Apple is not to give the people what they want it's to imagine what the people want before they know they want it mm-hmm. Henry Ford said if I had asked people what they wanted they would have said a faster horse mm. right it's this is this is no different yep then and just it's just it's called innovation and it brings with it an inherent discomfort because you have to relearn things. But with technology, things are automatic. Like the effort is automatically put toward intuition in service of efficiency. Yep. They're not adding extra knobs and buttons and processes because they work better. They're adding stuff that is more intuitive and easier mm-hmm. so that you can get out of your own way and actually make stuff and put it out. Absolutely. Dude, I'm so pumped to be able to tell my computer that I want to adjust the EQ on something and just have it do it. Yep. God, it's going to be great. Absolutely. Like, pull up a guitar tone just by asking. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be sick. Yeah, it's going to be rad. Yeah. And, yeah, like, the, I guess the whole moral of the story, like, it's a great time to be alive. Yep. It's a great time in music. Yep. The resources and opportunities, there's no excuse to not make music. Yeah. Like that, if there's anything else I could say, yep. there is zero excuse to not be able to create music and create it well, as totally long agree. as you put in the work to develop your craft. Yeah. 
there's and there's no threat of, that you might be replaced in uh, the creative world. Tools simply continue to emerge that make your creativity easier to express. Well, and like people get nervous. The reality is sometimes technology does eliminate a job, but in turn creates three new jobs exactly. that never existed before right. because there was no, like it just didn't exist. Think about how many businesses exist now that solely create apps for Apple's App Store. 100%. That three, when did it come out? 2010 or something? Mm -hmm. Before the App Store came out? That is millions of people employed for a business that did not exist, period. You just can't be scared to evolve within your right. craft. Right, I mean, that is really what it comes down to. People are scared to, they think they're going to lose their job. And yes, if you yeah. stick to your guns and say, I only do X, Y, Z this way, then yes, you mm -hmm. might lose your job. But if you are constantly pushing yourself in your specific craft of music of, cool, this is the best thing now. This is the best I could possibly mm -hmm. be. Constantly learning, constantly like trying to stay informed as to mm -hmm. what new technologies are coming out and how can I implement those? Yeah. How can I learn more about this to continually get better at my craft? Yep. And as long as you push yourself and don't get complacent, you're never going to have to worry. Right. It might change the shape a little bit of what it looks like over the next 10, 20 years, and mm -hmm. that's okay. And the, the resistance to those changes are like everything else rooted in fear. Fear that I won't be able to learn the new way or I won't be as good at the new way as I am at the old way or whatever. It's always fear. Yep. And you just have to believe in yourself and believe in your ability to evolve and navigate the creative process. Like there are certain things, the ability to create is not limited by the tools that you have in so many ways. Like, yeah, you can't paint a painting if you don't have a brush and canvas, but it's not like if you don't have a brush and canvas, but you have a pencil, you can still make visual art. Yep. So yeah, it'll, it's always rooted in fear. So you can't let the fear win. Got to keep pushing forward. Absolutely. What a time to be alive. I'm telling you, man, on that, I think we might uh, call it for this week. Sounds good. Yeah. See you Thursday. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys. Thanks again for listening to the show today. As always, you can find show notes and links from our episode on our website at themusicstuffshow.com. Also, please, please, please uh, connect with us. If there's ever any questions, any ways that we can help, you can find us all over social media at musicstuffshow. You can also find myself and Tom personally all over the interwebs. I am at V-A-N-C-E-F-I-T-E, and Tom is at T-O-M-D-U-P-R-E-E-I-I-I. -I -I. Uh, all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you want to connect. Uh, the show is here for you, so any way that we can make your life a little bit better and get you closer your dreams of your career in the music industry we want to be a part of we'll see you guys next thursday